Mickey McGrath from Bewilderbeasts. I am recording from the tiniest podcasting studio closet outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And today on Bewilderbeasts, we're with Phil Better <laughs> and a tiny light up dragon. The light up dragon that throws everything. Oh, it changed his color. It changed color. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't usually see people in my tiny closet, so I have to have a light source. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Investing Yourself, the podcast series. Uh, the intro was graciously given to us by Melissa McHugh, which is such an That's the triple M. That's like, wow, that's mm, delicious. You can go there too. I am so glad that you noticed that because I often sign three, sign things M3 for that reason. Oh, in my, yeah, in my, uh, my middle name starts with C, so I'm literally a triple Mick. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It's insanity over here. I know. And I did this to myself because I, <laughs> I married a man with the last name of Graft. Um so I I completely did this to myself and now nobody can find me in medical records or our <laughs> animal hospital or <laughs> like anywhere. So my oh. my advice to uh young people uh, who are considering maybe changing their name or hyphenating it, just think think about your future possible children with the SATs and those little squares uh, that you have to fill out or like oh even filling God, out your yeah. dog license. Like they, if you want to remain hidden, hyphenate your name um, because they will never find you ever in city hall, the vet, doctor, any of it. And I did this to myself. You're, you are truly the Jason Bourne. <laughs> Yeah, right? Jason Bourne. Oh my God, Melissa, I am so. <laughs> I love. We're vibing already. I love it. This is podcasting at the best. I, I don't feel. have a lot of room to dance, but I'm gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're doing dances. Um, so, Bewilder Beast is your podcast. How you? You've been podcasting for about a year. About? Yeah, it'll be a year in September. Um, nice. I, I started this little show in September uh, during COVID, as I'm sure like two thirds of the people you've interviewed did. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I am a dog trainer by trade. I'm a teacher by trade. Um, and during, uh, and I also have a, a soon to be nine year old daughter who was remote learning all year and it mm. was really hard. And I am an extrovert and my family is not. <laughs> I could already um, sense the, the extrovertness coming off of you with little, no one else. A little bit. Here. There's a Just lot of a energy little. already uh, coming yeah. through. Yeah. And, and it's so hard when the other two people in your house, when you're the happy golden retriever, like, hey, everybody, let's go. And they're just like old, grizzled hounds, just like, it's hot. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I moved from the bed to the couch. I'm good. What do you want more? Why? Guys, I'm melting. I'm fine. Like, don't at me. Uh, are the are the my family members and I love them dearly. Um, but I'm a lot at them. And so I, as a teacher, was finding myself um more and more uh kind of heavy and a little depressed because I couldn't do what I do for work and and connecting with people and with strangers and helping them in a way that I'm used to going into their homes to help them with their animals, get, going to classes and and running the three ring circus that is running a dog training club. Um, and so I was 
Uh, that was sitting on the back burner. And then in the summer, our city, Somerville, Massachusetts, decided they were going to try to um, offer free virtual summer camp classes th for any kid in the city. Um, and my kid is really, really shy. So I sat through one of these uh, intro things with her so she could learn how to code video games. And they also had parkour and they had art and music and all sorts of things that these kids could do for the summer for free offered by the city, which was amazing. Um, we are the most densely populated city in all of New England. So for them to be able to pull this off was quite a feat. Um, I do not want to see the internet bill for that. Oh, right? God. I know. So they they really tried uh, to make things accessible and available to kids who were going to be home all summer in during COVID-2020. And I noticed one of the the hosts of that ringleading, uh, the ringleader of that circus was my friend Heather. And so in the chat, while I'm sitting with my very shy kid who's hiding under the table, <laughs> hey, Heather, if you think any of the kids will not want anything for... Um, for animals or dogs, I can talk to them about it. I've presented at the Museum of Science. I've done a bunch of, I have a couple stock things that I could like make for kids. If you just need some volunteers, I can jump in. And so she turns to all of the <laughs> children and goes, oh, God. hey guys, Ace's mom just volunteered to run a class for animal stuff. What do you guys think of that? And I'm like, oh, this is not how I expected this to go down. <laughs> This did, yeah, good intent magnified. That escalated quickly. So I can only imagine. So I'm like, great. I have five weeks. I have to come up with five hours of programming. And so the first one was I taught the kids how to teach any animal in their house how to hand target so they could follow their hands wherever. So like a goldfish jumping up over the water or like oh, wow. a dog like doing a spin move or something. So like you can teach any animal to target um, a stick or your hand and then they go wherever you want, which is really cool. And it's really That's easy like to teach. a million dollar, like, like I, I can guarantee you, you can make sell for $5. You made a million dollars right there. Guaranteed. It is the very first thing we teach in all of our dog training classes is touch or target. It's phenomenally useful. Um, dog won't come when called. It's really just a distance touch. Instead of saying come, you just stand on the other side of the park and go touch. And the dog's like, oh, I know what that means. And they bunk their nose to your hand. It's super easy. Um, and so I, I, you just had a mind blow. <laughs> you just like, my, my brain is gone. Like I've had dogs my whole life. I'm a huge... I, I'm a dog guy. Like I want to eventually have a bull Matsif as my dog because I love big dogs and an Irish. They're so good. Yeah, I love uh, those like, dogs. And an Irish wolfhound when I have my own like 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 a state, if you will, because I know you had a pony. Of... Yeah, I, I like big dogs. I like big dogs. I've had small dogs. I love like my first dog was uh, a golden retriever. I fell in love with him, and then I had a Bichon Shih Tzu with a Lapso Apso. Oh, and then we fun. got uh, another lab, a white lab, who was like, oh, it's just like he spent his Please. last week at my apartment before we oh, had to put him down because like yeah. it was like too much. And my parents at the same time were getting their floors down. They're just like, okay, we'll spend it at Phil's apartment. And oh. I just had like the best, like I, I'm still finding dog hair around the cars. And this is like, like, it's at least, I think maybe five years yeah so like, oh. 
it kind of like oh this nice like happy feeling and so it's like and i got the reminder i think when it was you know yeah. just passed in my phone from like snapchat or something so it was like oh that's how sweet oh. bring up the happy memories again so yeah. yeah i mean like if you have the real estate you could do what i did and just get like a really big tattoo <laughs> I, I there there is a possibility um i know i know a gal <laughs> so if you need <laughs> she does really great line work um, but yeah, so like I, I did, um, I taught them that and then I'm like, great, what am I going to do for the next four weeks? <laughs> so, and this was pretty much how Bewilder Beast, the podcast started was like, it was one week of jobs animals do for us. So like arson detection work, uh, COVID-19 dogs, uh, awesome. like Mounties, like the Canadian Mounted Police, things like that. And then I did jobs that kids could do when they grow up that work with animals, so, which basically kind of dovetailed with the other ones. Like, well, you could be an arson dog handler. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I got this solved. I just have to be handler. Well, done. Oh, Jesus, yeah, that's good. Right? But, like, even, like, forensic veterinarian. So, like, when I was a kid, I grew up in a dog sledding family. An accidental dog sledding family is what I call it, affectionately. Um, when my dad inherited, a, like, a 10-dog sledding team from his friend who ran the Iditarod, the guy finishes the Iditarod. He finished, which was awesome. This was this guy's that, lifelong dream. On its own. I know, right? But then he came back to Maine, sold all of his dogs, except for the ones that he gave to my dad, and moved to Florida 30 years ago, and we never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mob story just happened, and you don't, he's like, you ran the Iditarod, you turned home, and disappeared. And Next, just an unsolved mysteries, the story. Robert Stack comes in, he's like, Next, <laughs> non-solved mysteries. Oh, that's a podcast they, on its own. Right? They find him in Florida in like a Jimmy Buffett shirt, <laughs> drinking a drinking a hurricane. <laughs> what? I just like what do you do after you run the Adirola? There's nothing left in life. You I'm move Jimmy to Florida. And, and then it's like, pop. oh. Then you get the womp womp womp. Womp womp. I mean, honestly, what else are you gonna do? It's fucking cold up there. Oh, sorry. It's really cold up there. It's fine. It's uh, the, the only one is the harsh seas, so you're good. Got it. No, in um in Bewilderbeast, I have um uh I did a story on oh oh and then so like the other two were like historical animals that changed the world, and then the last ones were animals in science. And so one of them was uh Andrew Jackson's swearing parrot, who was evicted from President Jackson's funeral for swearing too much. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, isn't it great? And so that parrot sound, I, I made like a swearing parrot sound effect where he just goes squawk and it's like beep. So anytime I mess up, I, I like insert that sound effect. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. So I have I have a lot of fun on it. I And I get to teach kids about all these cool animals that have affected history or science or uh, medicine, you know, like and in doing this, I've discovered these animals like like Emily Spinach. She was a snake that um, uh, oh Roosevelt's eldest daughter had. And she was kind of the punk daughter of all the president's kids like throughout history. And she's this raging feminist. She wore pants, gasp, and like would get caught like stealing cars and drag racing. <laughs> and she had this... Um, garter snake that she would walk around the White House with to scare diplomats with. And she named it Emily Spinach because it was the color of spinach, but named it after her Aunt Emily, 
<laughs> because it looked like her. <laughs> and so, so like you learn feminism through this snake who is owned by, um, by the Roosevelt's oldest daughter. Um, you learn about racism with this horse named uh, beautiful Jim Key, who is um, owned by this, um, by this guy, William Key, who was a freed slave um, at the turn of that century. I'm really bad at like which yeah, century when, when, lines up, but like the 1800s into the 1900s, um, he had this horse. Century. I think that's the 19th century. Probably. I'm really bad for, for doing a lot of things with history. I'm really bad at like, what's the 20th century? What's the 18th century? <laughs> so I usually just give the year. Um, but like from 1800s into the 1900s, he was a freed slave who vowed never to whip his horse. And his horse could do math, could do all these tricks, all of these cool things and went on the world's fair stage. Um, but his horse couldn't, his horse could go places that he couldn't even as a free man. Um, but he ended up getting a bunch of two million kids before the Internet to pledge kindness to animals. And the guy who ended up starting like the ASPCA and Humane Society concept, mm -hmm. like teamed up with him um, near the end of his life to like start this whole pledge towards kindness to animals. Um, so, yeah. And it's a guy that nobody's ever heard of. Yes. William Key. Um who ended up like paying his um, his slavers children's tuition to go to Harvard because he was like, well, they were really nice to me. And I know that's not how this is supposed to go, but I'm paying their way to Harvard because my he called them my master because that's the terminology yeah, at the time yeah. we would say slaver um, now. But he died, left these kids and the slave was like, um, no, y'all lost everything after the war. I'll pay for you two to go to Harvard. That's the biggest, like, like both F you uh -huh. as well as like paying it forward that anybody can do. Cause like I know. As, as the the former slave owner, you know, slaver, um, yeah. having my freed slave kind of make enough money to put my kids through college and not just yeah. any college, like Harvard, like Harvard. the Ivy of Ivies right? here. The and school. Like the school, the school that like white people made on the back of slaves. Mm -hmm. My kids through there to continue kind of the racial cycle that is in society. Yeah. But and also he... you're showing like the, and then like, that's a big F you to you, but to the it society really you're showing like, I can forgive. Mm -hmm. my former sl slave owner because like I'm bigger than them. I I've succeeded. I proved that we can succeed. And so that's yeah. a big, like one up for your own. What the hell? This I is know. messed up. This is why I, one, I love podcasts because like knowledge gets now is out there freely to listen. And you're putting history with fun, awesome thing with animals with like, Oh my God, how, who doesn't want to learn about history and cool animals? Yeah, and I never would have found out about any of this at all. Like, I just wanted to talk about cool thing, cool animals, and ended up stumbling into these like stories of history that have formed America and and other countries, um, and science, like horseshoe crabs. Without horseshoe crabs, we wouldn't have contact lenses or any medical advancements 
period. The vaccine we got, it wouldn't happen without a horseshoe crab. So, like, learning all about this cool shit is is still and there's so much more like i thought i might get seven episodes and and for 39 episodes i did three stories each going into next season i'm just gonna do one and like really do a deep dive because i'm like holy cow there's actually a lot here that i can go through and and there's no shortage of them to connect history and science to animals i'm like if if my teachers had done this when I was a kid, I for sure would have paid a lot more attention in school. <laughs> Holy crap! I think you should contact this the the school board. Right. <laughs> contact the school board for this because this is like awesome extra learning. Yeah, and it's really really fun. And and so my kids um, teachers invited me into the classroom a few times into the virtual classroom, and I got to talk to them about things and. And it's really cool. Like, and I can cater it to like little, little, little kids by talking about like wombats and square poop or how uh, the National Weather Service had um, had to put out a weather announcement um, anytime it drops below, I think, 32 degrees because iguanas, they're five feet long. That's almost my height. Jesus. They and they've they're cold blooded. So when they're up in trees and it freezes, they fall out of trees onto people in cars. So the national weather service has to put out these national weather alerts. So like, it's right. Like, can you imagine just like driving down the street in a quad, like thumps into your windshield? Um, Well, to be fair, I'm in Canada. So we have loose warnings. Yes. Are no joke. Are scary as, as all hell, um, yes. yeah, I can understand there are loose warnings. I see, Jesus, they're being, they are especially huge. when they're moving. When they're moving, you just. And they're faster than you think. My yeah. stepfather had one chase his Camaro. And and at the time, I, I was told that moose, and I, I have no idea if this is real. I have not studied this for the show. But um, at the time, I was told that moose are so blind, they will mate with a car. Um, and so here comes my stepdad and his like little black Camaro and there's a moose giving him the wubba wubba. <laughs> and so he just, like, he just like threw it into reverse and like goes as it was like a rural road. And the moose chased him in this Camaro and was gaining on him. <laughs> they are faster than you think. Oh, yeah. And they're huge and they're terrifying. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're no joke. Uh, no joke. No, there are no joke. I saw my first turkey, actually. Uh, live wild turkey. This really? Yes. Um, I was up at the cottage this weekend with my family, relaxing, yeah. having a great time, you know, and then I'm like going to go bring some trash out to the end because it's like a, it's not, it's a, like a communal place. It's, it, we have people who run it and you can leave your trash and like we have trash picked up every day, you know, because it's also a vacation now. And I'm there, and I just see this turkey at the end of the. I'm like, oh my god, look at that! Oh my, like I'm a city boy, like I'm a suburban city boy. So seeing wild animals, it's like pigeons, raccoons, skunks, you know, the real viciousness of the city. Right. <laughs> and all I see is this turkey, and I'm like, so that's what turkeys look like, because you you know you see the turkeys on like you know with their full fan out or whatever. Oh yeah. This is like, like oh interesting. They're not cute. <laughs> no, no it, it wasn't a pretty one. I've seen like uh, deers and bears in that because mm-hmm. driving up north, you, you see them on the side of the road or they're in the field and that. But yeah, I haven't had a chance to see any mooses yet, but uh, they're scary. 
They are big. I, I saw one, um, well, an ex-moose and an ex-car on a highway. Um, oh. The moose looked, I mean, the moose clearly died of impact injuries. Yeah. Um, but the moose, like, was still, it looked like it just kind of fell over straight. Its legs were still straight. Like, it still looked like a moose. It didn't look like it was caved in. The car, the the front end of the car was where the back seat should be. It pancaked the car. Um, and I just remember driving, it was in Maine um, where I'm from and driving down I-95 or driving up, I think I was going home, um, driving up I-95 through Portland, Maine. And it was on, yeah. And I was like, shoot, it's <laughs> messed up. Like the, had it not died, the moose looked like it was perfectly fine. Yeah, it was just shaking. He's like, oh, sorry. Just took a little nap. All right, cool. Sorry, I was just tired. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, you know, running through the galaxy, saving the world, you know. He's like, man, um, just an, just another day in the life of, like, smashing Buicks. You know, my job yeah, is never yeah. done. <laughs> I'm, I'm, off to, uh, I'm off to the 530 uh, on the I-92. I'll be back. That's right. <laughs> Got a few Pri Priuses to take out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Prius just goes flying. Um, so... You've always obviously been an animal lover. For sure, yeah. So. I um yeah, I grew up with a an accidental dog sledding family. I went to what I I jokingly call pony school. I went to um a college called Lake Erie College and I enrolled there because they had an equestrian program. So you could learn how to teach people how to ride horses. Um you could also join their breeding program Ooh. where once you see that, you know you you've seen too much. Um, so a lot. <laughs> that's of... when you turn off the internet and go to bed. That's about, that's what happens. Because I've I've like... rolled across those videos as well. So it's like, <laughs> uh, uh, time for bed. We're done for the day. It's like, it's like so that's how they do it. Um, no, there's um there's a funny story. There's a second podcast I do called uh, Totally Possum, and it's the R-rated um, animal podcast with my veterinarian I love, friend. Love the name. Oh my God. And we just uh, recorded one. It, it'll go up this week, but it was on uh, horse artificial vaginas. And so, like, in horse breeding, you don't actually, like, hey, you two just hang out in a pen because it's really dangerous. Like, who's flying? Like, it, yeah, somebody it, gets it, kicked it, in the face and it's not well, kinky cute. It's just... The, the human dangerous. version is just as dangerous times 10 for the horses because they they're, yes. they don't got no reasoning going. So I understand how uh, yeah. it's not just mating in the pen it's not and so like you have a um it and i would not have known this if i didn't go to pony school um because when you're a freshman and you draw the short straw like you get to hold the basically two liter bottle that the stallion gets to uh mm -hmm. do his business into that gets shipped all over the country um but we had a horse uh a stud male his name was Absolute because it was the early 2000s. Of course it was. Um, and some rich gangster probably owned him. For sure. <laughs> but like his, all of his offspring were like Absolute. So it's like Absolute Bliss, Absolute Shit oh Show. My like whatever God. the case oh my was. Because like, that's how suspicious. horse breeding works. The stud's name goes down the line. So like Absolute. Um, and so he broke through his pen one day and into the barn where we had what we would call a teaser mare. That's a mare that's in heat. And he runs in and he kicks down the door of this teaser mare. And she's just like chewing her food like, dude, like what? She is not having it. And he's and he 
is expecting to see the the essentially a, a pommel horse with a like a an insulated oh. bottle and a and a freshman holding it and that's not what he saw and he's like wait what are you doing here like he was so confused because he had never made it naturally that he did not know what to do <laughs> and in that confusion the barn manager was able to get the horse this wild stallion who just froze like wait what huh? <laughs> honey biscuit what are you doing here like he was just so confused who are you just, what's going on just, Took him back out to like cleaned up the pen, put him in a stall. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when I started podcasting, I'm going to be did honest. Not under, you no. did not see this coming when I say I did a children's show for animals. <laughs> no, um, no idea that at one point I would learn how um, <clears throat> they uh, make stallions, nor would I uh, hear a story about how. If you're, you've never made it naturally, you'd get confused by seeing a mare in heat. So I never thought that, that would, yeah, that would actually happen in my life. Um, I mean, could you imagine like if that was humans, like the guy just like walks in and doesn't see a blow up doll and is like, well, wait. <laughs> What's going on? Well, what are, to be fair, what are you I've doing here? Some, <laughs> I've heard some crazy stuff. Um, well, this podcast actually took a turn for a left. I don't know when we got <laughs> off the other way onto the country roads, but I think it was somewhere around Moose. Um, I think it was Moose. It was Moose. Coming back to podcasting and maybe not animal insemination parts of sure. it. Um, what is one of the more, well, I guess you would say that the, the knowledge you've been able to accumulate with learning about this would be one of the best pros of the uh podcasting world oh for sure like for me personally it's that it keeps me curious it it and yes like other like i'm putting out a podcast right so of course i want listeners and i want people to be like hey good job like thumbs up well done um but Social validation we're all human yes, we all like, i've been over this <laughs> i'm an extrovert tell me i'm pretty and did a good job but for like, but when I really think about it, it's really like reading about all of these stories and it's to satisfy my own curiosity more than anything else um, to to learn something new, to understand my world in a slightly different way, um, to get maybe a different perspective. Um, and in my and in the Possum podcast with my friend, it's to be able to see my friend from across the country and be able to laugh and have a really good time and talk how we would normally talk as both professionals and and besties. Um, but for Bewilderbeast, it really is truly just learning something new about the world around me. And, and at the end of every show, I say, stay curious. And I mean it. Like, I want kids to, or, and adults, whoever's in the car listening, to hear one of these stories and be like, I never really thought of it that way. Like how a horse g gave us the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, like, and then to go back and like really immerse themselves into that history that includes uh, notable figures like Ellie, uh, Nellie Bly <laughs> and Franklin uh, Delano Roosevelt. Um, these people intersect because of these animals that we never would have thought of um, connecting these people. And I feel like 
for me, connecting things to animals just kind of makes it solidify in my head a little bit better um, because I know that their lifespan, generally speaking, is much shorter than ours. Yeah. So before this podcast, I would have been like, look, Nellie Bly, she was like old timey journalist. OK, great. Flew around the world 88 days. Gotcha. Um, but I I never really put her in context of other people like Franklin Delano Roosevelt or like I remember my high school um, journal, uh, not journalism, English teacher would talk about like yellow journalism. And I had no idea what I mean, like I knew it for the test. I can take a test really well, but yeah, I, I never do. really solidified the information until reading it as an adult in this context and being like, oh, I've seen that before. And then kind of putting it in, it, it's taking all the things I've learned and putting it into to a Real box life. where they kind of fit with like things. I'm like, oh, this makes sense now. Why didn't they just do this before? <laughs> like, I've been finding that as well. So I'm, uh, my first podcast, Invest in Yourself, the digital, uh, well, no, sorry. The Feel Better Show was just me talking about my love of movies. Great I'm name, cinephile. by the way. Thank you, right? Um, not narcissistic at all. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did it because I it wasn't a narcissistic tendency because I didn't want to become famous, you know? Like, I'm like, I can do this. I, people love hearing my opinions on stuff because I'm a narcissist. Um, <laughs> and it didn't work out, but I started my second one, Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, because I want to learn how to be an, an entrepreneur and who's best to learn from by talking to entrepreneurs. And so I I found out that, well, I know actually a lot of entrepreneurs, I can be an entrepreneur. And so I've gone on my journey as an entrepreneur and you can hear more about that on that podcast. But I also love, cause so many of the guests also had podcasting. And I'm like, you know what yeah. podcasting is? Like, I love podcasting. Like if it wasn't for podcasting one, I wouldn't have a, a, a business. I wouldn't have met so many awesome people. Like I went to London uh, in 2019 met a whole bunch of podcasting people who had never met before either. Like they had cool. never met before all good ship, all friends online. And I'm like, I'm coming to London. And then I went up to Leeds cause that's was the easiest place for most of them. Cause they were all in Northern London, uh, Northern England and Scotland. So we all met in Leeds and we we're about a dozen. And I'm like, Oh my God. That's so cool. Like, this is insane. I flew. It was literally for 72 hours. I was in the UK. I left Yay. Thursday night, landed Friday morning, Saturday night, I, uh, Saturday morning, I was in Leeds. Sunday morning, I was back in London and I flew home. So and I was slept like, for two weeks straight. No, and, I, and then <laughs> Monday went straight into work, like nothing had happened. And people are like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, there's a lot. We're not going to go into it. But, like... It's a sense of community and knowledge that you get when you have these podcasts. Like, I'm learning so much. Like, I like the fact. Like, you just blew my mind at least four times in this episode with just animal facts and and also with how you made uh, a, a stallion. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm also thinking I like, don't. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, you, you explained how it happens, so you have right. technically let us know how it happens, but. You're you welcome. Also, you also, like, I'm like, oh, my God, this would be awesome for my nephew. Yeah. Because like, it's a learning experience. Like, yes, we're Canadian, but still it's, like, world knowledge. Because when he gets into 
in school and he's starting to learn about world history, he'll be like, well, I heard on the wildebeest this. And then the teacher can be like, what? And then introduce your podcast and it's even better, you know? So, and I don't think he's ready for the possum one just yet. No, we we explicitly say not for children. And, (laughs) and you would be shocked at how many people wrote in going, we thought you were kidding because we (laughs) listened to Bewilderbeast and we can't imagine you saying the F word. Like, and then they, and then they. It's like climbing out the Teletubbies, or Barney is smoking crack outside. You know, <laughs> you're now fa- you went from family friendly to you know Deadpool all of a sudden. Exactly, my daughter. Um, there's this um, there's this series of books called Squirrel Girl that she loves from Marvel, oh, yeah. and and she's read all of the comic books. She's in love with like the new, like the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, the newest reboot. Yeah. Um, and that's something we read together, but they have like Squirrel Girl has like little Deadpool cards where Deadpool comes in as kind of like a, um, he does as, as these cards saying, okay, well this bad guy does this, 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 and this. And, and it's very like kid friendly. So when we, when Deadpool, the movie came up on like Hulu, I'm like, um, we can't watch this. She's like, yeah, but I love Deadpool. I'm like, oh, honey, honey, um, you're That's not Deadpool. I'm like, honey, I think, I think this would go under the umbrella of bad parenting. <laughs> like, a little. A little bit. Just a um, little bit. Oh my god. Right. Um, having so much fun. Um, Yay. I wanna, I, we're 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 coming up. I, 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 it's a forty five minute episode. Here. <laughs> I have more questions to ask and more fun. I'm excited. Um, I want to know your biggest pain points so far in your year of podcasting. The crank in my neck from sitting in this tiny, <laughs> this tiny closet. <laughs> um, in in all seriousness, I think it was. I, th- I think there are two. Okay. The first was the learning curve um, in doing it all by myself. Um, the good thing about podcasting is that there is. A very minimum. Uh, it feels like it's not very gatekeepery. Although I am saying this as a a forty year old white woman sitting in a closet. Preface um, <laughs> everything. It's not right. Like, so like, yeah. it's not up to me to say what's gatekeepery or not. Mm-hmm. But it felt like to it's me inclusive. it was a pr- yeah it was pretty inclusive. It felt like I could get in easily enough. I could record. There wasn't a big involved. I just needed a microphone. I needed a spit guard and I needed my computer to just work. (laughs) And then everything else was bonus. Right. So I Mm. felt like I, I could do this and not like, even if it was just a hobby, just for me, I could do this and and it's not expensive. Um, So that was really good on the flip it's not expensive because i don't have an editor i'm not a sound engineer so i didn't know what i was doing and at the very beginning i i sounded like because i'm in this like tiny closet in an apartment with my entire family working from home and i've got neighbors upstairs who i'm sure can hear me right now and i 
you know, hi, um, I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath from Bewilderbeasts, and um, I'm recording from the tiniest podcast studio closet outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and this is an exciting show. Um, like, it took me a while to literally find my voice and be able to be like, I'm just actually having a conversation with people, yeah. um, and and I need to produce and make something that people want to hear, and and that's just by being me, and I can't, like, tone it down even if I'm in this closet, and that took a little while. And the other pain point, I think, is as I was finding more and more stories, they were getting darker and darker. Um, and this started off as like a fun kids podcast, you know, <laughs> exploding whale. Ha ha ha. The 70s are funny. Um, but <laughs> it was a fun time in the 70s. Let me just tell you. My God, the 70s. Um you know, hey, this cat solved a murder and advanced DNA technology. So like, it was like, it started off as like really, really like fun and a little bit more upbeat. But the deeper I got into it, like I said, this horse that started effectively started the Food and Drug Administration here in the United States. The reason that happened was because he was also being used at the same time um, as a tetanus horse before we had vaccines. You would take um, uh, anti, anti uh, antitoxin. So you would get sick and then you would get an antitoxin of that virus to help boost your antibodies. And the one that he was uh, working towards was diphtheria. Um, but he, probably because they were using the same needle, contracted tetanus. So the kids who got his diphtheria antitoxin were infected with tetanus and died. Um and so, like, I'm doing this story on, like, hey, look at this horse who brought us the FDA. And, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> Kids well, died. Sorry. Time. Yeah. And, and, and I find, like, the more I go in, like, there's a story I'm doing right now for fall. And it's, um, the book was called Flight of the Diamond Smugglers. And on the front are these pigeons. And you read the back and you discover these pigeons are used to smuggle diamonds in Africa. And it's like, whoa, that's really cool. Oh, and then no, you go no. in and you're like, oh, no, no. oh, this is awful. And like, <laughs> it's like, it's basically like Blood Diamonds, like the, that, the movie with, um, oh, what's his name? You know, I can picture, I'm on top of the world. Like yeah, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, I, can't, I can never pronounce this, this man's name. He's a uh, Human Hansu, I believe. Yes. So it's basically that. And I was like, ah, oh, nuts. And I just kind of feel like I keep walking into them. And so <laughs> um, I'm like, I think the biggest one was um, I was doing a story. There was, I don't know if you guys saw this in, in your news cycle, but there was a border collie here in the States that earned $5 million when her owner died. And it was making the rounds as like this happy, feel good story. I'm like, that's so cool. Like, I mean, like it's weird. Like maybe he should have given his money to like people who don't have food, but whatever <laughs> you do, you, um, but <laughs> you, border, do you, you do. right. Like, um, gold plated kibble. Um, <laughs> but anyways, <clears throat> like the, the dog gets, five million dollars the caretaker's like sure like and so she has to go through like this trust to get money she like turns in receipts and then like the trust will pay her back which okay sure so i'm like wait i wonder what this guy did and that was and and i think this is the part that is both fascinating but also just like oh god why do i ask questions um it turns out this guy who died is like super into the KKK. He had a statue commissioned in Tennessee that was of Nathan 
uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest, who is the War- he was the first Grand Duke of the KKK <laughs> and like a horrible, horrible person. Um, and yeah, it, I went into probably one of the darkest stories of American history because I asked, oh, what does this guy do? Like he was a real estate agent who has been very controversial and none of the news outlets here talked about that part of it. So I walked into it like a rake what? on the ground mm. and I'm like, oh, what's over here? like right in the face and i'm just like i'm just trying to do a story on a cute dog who got money <laughs> like wow yeah you could that is um two things i never thought i would be talking about on a podcast with someone um <laughs> and, uh, the and the kkk yeah. wow thank you yeah. and especially spinning from an animal podcast um right that's and that's what stuff. keeps happening. Like, it keeps happening on this show. Every time I'm like, hey, what's this? And then I ask one more question, and it almost always takes a sharp left turn. Um, and so, like, I've had people fun. reach out saying, this actually isn't for kids anymore. I'm like, it might not be. But I do still think that it's not. It's important to not talk down to kids. So yeah. I'll put, like, a disclaimer at the front if it's something incredibly dark and say it's up to you to listen to this first. But... I mean, I'm not swearing on it. I'm not like I feel like part of how we ended up here in America as divided as we are is because we don't talk about this stuff. And by using these animals and asking these questions and making these ties where I'm able to hopefully start a conversation that might lead to more questions from kids that parents can then take the reins, um, as it were, (laughs) no pun intended, uh, and go forth and and hopefully start these conversations that are really, really important because, you know, kids, kids aren't dumb. Um, And I think that that's important. I love it. Uh, No, it's so true. I love and you're bringing it in at least a fun way because the parent can be like, okay, we can start the first half of the episode where it's the fun animal part and then the social lesson. And yeah. dark passes in the second half. And when you when you reach a certain age, we'll go back, we'll listen to the whole episode, you know? Like yeah. it's, it is a parent's job to at least listen to what their kids are watching and that. So mm-hmm. you're you have a live uh live uh test subject for proof of concept that, that needs to happen. Right. <laughs> um, I do I would ask- never record something that I wouldn't let my own kid listen to. Um go. although I have a different bar <laughs> for the other podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's um, I can understand. But- but for Bewilderbeast, like, I would never record anything that I wouldn't let my kid listen to. Um, but I know that my my sensibilities are maybe different than other parents. So once they listen to the show a few times, they would understand, like, okay, maybe this one and not this one. Like, they can make their own choices from there. But at least there's one guidepost. It's yeah. mine. And clearly, I don't make the best choices. So, like, grain of salt. I love that. You're making great decisions. Like, look, you've already blown my mind at least a dozen times in this one episode. So parents know there's at least some like early kids. Like, you know, the Harry Potter books get darker and darker as you go on. I'm not gonna exactly. three-year-old nephew, you know, like read the 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 Deathly Hollows when he on his first go. Now we're gonna, you know, every year, you know. Yeah. That's all it is. It's it's called parenting. I do want to know your favorite memory though. <laughs> Uh, before we go on to a parent tangent that I have no responsibility sure. in because I have no child. So I have no <laughs> say in how to raise a child other than you do you. Be fun. <laughs> you do you. But um, I want to know what's your favorite memory so far from podcasting? 
Um, I think my favorite is um, this is it's so hard to pick. I I think my favorite one was when um, actually Paul Chomo from Varmints. Um, he requested or or recommended that I did the Great Emu War. Are you familiar with this? Wait, or Australia? This, uh, in Australia? Yeah, I've heard of it uh, and yes. how the Australian army actually lost at emus. Yes. Um, and again, I like, love there, that we have an episode about it. I do, and it's it's really fun. Um, but I think once Paul told me about it, I was reading about it, and and everybody just talks about like how they lost to emus, which they did. Um, <laughs> I love how you're that, like, no, it's true, and it's, it's awesome, but it's here's an extra awesome bit. Like you're like, this, yeah. this is nothing. Right, which they did, but like the the culture it was between World War One and World War Two, and they had taken all these um, veterans from the Australian Army and basically put them out in the middle of nowhere so nobody could see them, and told them grow wheat. Um, and while they were out in the Australian freaking desert, had to become farmers, and they no doubt have PTSD. Yeah. And then these emus showed up and were like, "Hey, look, wheat." <laughs> And so that's how it started. And that's kind of the part, like the the kind of darker part is like, guys, this was your military. And so, of course, when things went wrong, these farmers, the soldiers turned farmers, um, went to the Department of Defense for help instead of the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> like, And that's how they got the machine guns. <laughs> like, and then got their butts handed to them by like yes. six foot flightless birds, which were, by the way, their national bird. That would be like Americans going to war against the bald eagle. <laughs> like, the going to war with the beaver. As I stare off into the distance for beaver kind. Um, for beaver kind. <laughs> so like if you're going to war against your national bird, uh, be better prepared. Um, so like, but like reading that story and just really like, I had some really good one liners in there that I like, like when I went back to listen to just for editing, I was like, this one's actually really funny. And just like, like telling it from the perspective of like, of the army and going, yeah, we can take on like these flightless <laughs> birds. Listener, they could not handle <laughs> those freaking birds. Like it was so fun just to like break the fourth wall with that particular episode like and i just kept interrupting listener they could not <laughs> like, <laughs> they thought they could but you know they couldn't but they couldn't um so oh yeah i think God. i think if i were to say like what was my favorite memory i think it would be that one or the nikola tesla one where he um he was absolutely fascinated with pigeons and fell in love with one um it it, it was all pg um he didn't fall in love with it in the totally possum way he fell in love with it with the bewilderbeast way but like he was not a well man and so like being able to talk about tesla and tying it back to um the car tesla where it looks like the the um logo looks like an iud for <laughs> like a woman's intrauterine device to prevent wow, pregnancy. Again, new, that's what new, it looks like a and new, uh, first here on in my podcasting career thank you so much so good luck following behind a tesla car knowing that that is exactly what an uh the anti-pregnancy device looks like and yeah so being able to like like kind of break the wall in that way and just have people think of their world slightly differently <laughs> 
fight at Tesla now. <laughs> you're you're pro women's rights. Get a Tesla. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm allowed. Yep. Oh god, it's gonna be so awkward now that I look at it. It's gonna be like just Tesla. make sure it's bright pink. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious because there is a YouTuber right now who um, has a challenge by. So there's one YouTuber called Jack Massey Welsh. He's an amazing okay. YouTuber. Uh, he has a lot of channels. He actually is in the Guinness Book of World Records for most YouTube channels managed by one person. Oh, yeah. that's a thing. And he, yeah, it, like who knew? Um, which leads me to something even funnier, which I will tell you off air. Um, oh, so yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he actually got challenged by another YouTuber called Mr. Beast. I don't know if you know who he is. He's this huge YouTuber uh, who gives away a lot of money. And it's like, what the hell? And he challenged Jack Massey, Jack Massey Welch to get a channel with zero videos on it called Don't Subscribe to a Million Subscribers. <laughs> okay. And for every uh, thousand uh, subscribers, he gets ten cents. So the possibility of ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, something like something like that. So like it's math. He, it's hard. I got it. Yeah, yeah it's, there's <laughs> money involved. So every level, like every hundred thousand, he does a challenge and he breaks it. Breaks it. They're currently at like nine hundred and fifty thousand or something. Like they're really close to a million, and the million. Uh, subscriber is that he's going to wrap his Tesla bright pink. <gasps> oh, no way. Yes. Oh, my so, God. He's already dyed his hair bright pink for the challenge. He's doing uh, that. It's coming soon. It's probably going to be within the by the end of August, more likely. Yeah. He's, he's so great. Um, but this, the, it's just like amazing that you're like, get a Tesla bright pink and it's coming back. <laughs> And I'm trying. I, I, I when I tell you off air, the 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 mention of the Guinness World Record is important. I'll mention why off air because I, I tease tease. I cannot wait. But we're coming to the end of the episode. We're already going longer than I thought we would go, which is okay because that's podcasting. It can go for thirty minutes or or an hour to like ninety minutes to. Two we don't hours, have to please the FCC. The, the, right. <laughs> Right. I can play my own music if I want. You do, um, you, Phil. Yes, thank you. But uh, I do. I am aware of listenership. Sometimes don't like listening to hour-long podcasts that involved such a very topic of uh, <laughs> stuff. Um, wow. Um, first of many, I think. But yes, I want <laughs> to give you the last five minutes to let my audience know where they can find your podcast you follow you on social media if they want more odd animal facts <laughs> that may or may not uh disturb them for life um uh, but yes go right ahead thank you um so i'm melissa McHugh mcgrath and it's i'm the only one as far as i know so like it's not that not that hard to find um my uh the twitter for bewilder beasts is at bewildered pod um bewilder beasts on instagram there's a bewilder beast pod on facebook um and then you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts because that's how podcasting works um <laughs> like i know that um for for my daughter's class they had asked if i could do um put up the videos on YouTube, I did not do videos. So I just have like, I take the audio and I put it over the logo and I just put it up on YouTube because kids don't have podcasting apps. They're mm -hmm. children. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, so I, I do have a I YouTube channel. 
Um, Melissa McHugh McGrath, CPDTKA. It rolls right off the tongue. That's just, it was my dog training channel. And I'm like, I guess I'll just put these here. And so if you just type in Bewilderbeast podcast, it should come right up. Um, but yeah, and and just stay curious and have fun and just follow the thread wherever it goes because it goes some very interesting places. I love I love that you have a catch line. I love it. I have a catch line as well. It's a invest in yourself. So like, I love, yeah. I, I love the catch line. I think every podcaster should have one. I have one for my, uh, my feel better show. It's stay hydrated. Cause you know, I always like to have a nice little drink when you're watching a movie or something. Yes. There you go. You know, <laughs> I have my invest in yourself mug, you know? Ooh. Oh, I like the, uh, the, uh, double color there like the white handle with the black that looks good yeah, right I have it's like actually, a black tie cup yeah it's black tie event um this is <laughs> actually uh an upcoming up episode of this series because this series is uh two things it's me teaching uh how to grow a podcast how to start a podcast because there's not a lot of people who know how to do it so i live stream it daily on my uh my facebook or at least week weekday and then it's also interviewing podcasters like yourself and learning their story because i'm always interested i being a fan of podcasting and being in the industry it's my passion to know like why did you start podcasting and learning about yeah. podcasting so this is what it is so it's going to be like a nice melange because i'm going to have live interviews at 5 30 when the show goes live like today hey. I have an interview. Uh, but also i have other episodes coming out later on showing the growth of like okay here are my only interview episodes versus my live episodes i can show the growth yeah. and really teach people how how to grow a podcast like i do it and i think it's really important because like when when i started last year like i was just like well i've got some friends that i could like maybe they'll listen um i, I think Everybody, I think it's kind of like a book, right? It, the saying is everyone has a book in them. Everybody has a podcast in them. But do you have the the drive and the ability and the support to do it? And and I've written a book. You need a lot of support to do it because you don't maybe not want to ever write a second one. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I feel it you. It takes a lot, um, especially when you have to please editors and publishers and everything else like that. It, it's, it's a lot of feedback back um that not all of it is great um and and i think with a podcast yes i want to do this this is great how do i get started like how do i buy like how do i put my feed on the internet for people to find like how do i like this is what i ran into the other week uh, like how do you get um a patreon only feed for just subscribers like how do you do that and like spending time researching it which is time which is you know in effect money um yeah. especially if it's a free product and and trying to figure out all of this like yes you can do it but having a knowledgeable source that you're like you know what i could just go to phil and figure this out is super helpful um so having this content out there to hopefully help and inspire people um is really useful and beneficial and thanks for doing this you're very welcome. I will definitely be sending you uh, uh, the money for the uh, positive reviews. Uh, in You're the welcome. <laughs> uh, also, there's a hyphen between McHugh and McGrath. Don't forget in the check. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> five cents that I'm making for this. No, I'm, right. uh, no, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And it, it's mainly because of getting positive feedback from people like yourself. Like you may not be listening to the, the show, but you know that there's like, oh, great. If ever someone starts podcasting, I'm like, I can send them to the show because yeah. you know, Phil, Phil's doing it. Or, and 
while I'm doing it live, I'm getting great feedback because I'm getting live feedback from my listeners because yeah. it's the live show. So they're like, oh, can you answer this? So I'm actually answering the question. So they're learning as I'm doing it. So, and I'm also learning, refining my process of, do, of making a podcast because I'm learning more because I'm like, okay, so I can add this. This is a best place to place this, slot this here. And so when I get clients into my ecosystem, I'm like I can go even easier and I can teach others because I'm like, here, listen to this and watch these videos. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go. I can hire more people because I have the process in place. Exactly. What? Yeah, that's right. I, I'm a businessman. <laughs> Another mind blow. <laughs> yeah, not only my mind, but my listeners as well. But um, Melissa, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story about the Wilder Beast and the Naughty Possum podcast that you run. What is the name of the other podcast? Totally Possum Pod. Totally Possum Pod. I am definitely going to be listening more because I want to hear about these amazing stories. Uh, have you done any sloth ones yet? I haven't. I have to. So with Bewilderbeast, I'm specifically trying to find ways that they intersect with humanity. Okay. So if you know of a good sloth story where like they made the news in some way or or changed, changed history. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm fully awesome. on it. I didn't know this is how we got the state of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> because of the great sloth migration. <laughs> The Great Sloth War of 1804. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know uh, But yes, I am definitely going to be sharing this with my nephew because I'm guaranteed he's going to love this, these silly stories and learning about animals. Who doesn't love animals and learning history at the same time? Um, start with, um, I would start him. How old is your nephew? Three. Perfect. <laughs> start him with the, uh, I will send you one. There's one where we talk about wombat poop um being square and why it is um and i will find that one and i'll send it to you awesome i love it already um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna share that like all to all my friends because they're all having kids now i'm like if you ever need to talk about wombat poop here you go here you uh, go you are now a wombat poop expert we you're go. welcome <laughs> just bringing people together over wombat poop uh melissa again thank you so much i can't wait to uh have you back on in a year and see your growth that you've had and uh, where you are there. And hopefully you're not too big that you forgot about us little people. I know. Hopefully I'm not too big because I would literally not fit in this closet anymore. <laughs> it's been a rough quarantine. <laughs> Thank you so much, Phil. This has been a lot of fun. It's been my pleasure. And remember, everybody, to invest in yourself and stay curious. Stay curious. Invest in yourself.